Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Dual Prep Football Confidential. Here on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. Tonight's in-depth look at area high school football is powered by Pro For fire and water cleanup and restoration, Pro like it never even happened. Now, here are your hosts, Colin Likas and Jim Rosso. Welcome to the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Radio Show ahead of week four of the high school football season. I am Colin Likas, joined by Jim Rosso and Dave Leak, filling in for Dylan Chambers tonight. Jim, welcome back to the show after a week off. Had a, the wonderful opportunity of joining our winners at the People's Choice Banquet last uh, week at mm-hmm. uh, Riggs Beer Company. I may have stayed a little late. That's all right. <laughs> Dave Leak uh, filling in for Dylan Chambers today. Uh, you, you know Dave Leak went to Stephen Decatur. I do now. Do you remember that high school? Kyle I don't because I yeah because I didn't I didn't grow up around this area. Uh, so great so. stuff. The Running Reds <laughs> at Stephen Decatur High School. I'm old enough to have attended a couple Stephen Decatur games. Okay. mostly basketball, but uh, uh, football. Uh, they had a presence as well. All right. Well, that's that's what we're here to talk about today is football. We've got. Uh, Got some interviews with a few coaches. Westville's Guy Goodlove, who's been with the Tigers okay. for, for several seasons. Uh, Fisher's Jake Palmer and Champaign Central's Tim Turner. Uh, the Maroons not going to be playing this week, but we'll hear a little bit more about that later on. And then we'll uh, we'll hear toward the end of the show from a couple Monticello high school football players looking for their fourth win in four tries uh, later this week. Joey Sprinkle and Tristan Foran, who form a pretty potent quarterback-wide receiver connection for Monticello. Uh, I know I mentioned Champaign Central losing its Week 4 game. That that one's kind of been in the works for a while mm-hmm. since Urbana canceled its season at the end of August. Uh, the Week 4 was supposed to be Champaign Central's home opener with Urbana coming to Tommy Stewart Field. Uh, Central could not find a replacement opponent. And so the Maroons will not be playing this week. They will take a forfeit win and move to 1-2 and two on the season. Hey, it's a W. The Maroons are struggling a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're waiting for their younger players to maybe grow a little bit. Sure. But that's a fact of where we're at with high school football in this COVID era mm-hmm. is you see so many of these teams on Monday tweeting out, hey, we need a, an opponent on Friday. Please help us. Right, exactly. The Maroons did that. They couldn't find anybody. Tuscola had a little better luck last week, right, trying yep. to find an Indiana opponent. and. Yep. It's on the ADs, I think, to have a just a, a backup of opponents in case something like this happens. Yeah, it's uh, something that I don't think teams have really had to worry about on a, on a consistent basis up until the spring season earlier this year uh, where games are getting canceled left and right, and uh, it's not happening with as much frequency this fall, but still a lot more frequency than was happening prior to the 2020-21 school year. Just looking back... Uh, the two previous seasons, 2018 and 2019, prior to COVID, uh, across our coverage area, we only had two forfeited games mm. during those two years, and they were both by teams outside of our area to giving our giving two teams in our area victories. Uh, Clinton and Ridgeview each won a game by forfeit uh, back in those two years. So 
yeah, this is something that's just going to be happening a lot more. I believe the number of forfeited games in the area is above 20 uh, already, and that's counting games that haven't happened yet that, that are further on down the schedule, uh, including two Argento-Oriana games coming up here week three or week four, I should say. They were supposed to face Villa Grove uh, this week, but that game got forfeited as well as their next game against Tri-County because Argento-Oriana has a positive COVID case on its roster. So they've gone ahead and shut down the program for a couple of weeks in accordance with Macon County Health. Uh, good on the Bombers for making clear why they were doing that and obviously following along with, with guidelines and things of that nature. Important to do that so you're not getting even more teams potentially infected and causing even more games to be postponed. It's the last thing you want to have happen. But never good for a team to, to be losing its games, especially considering Argenta started 0-3. Now because they have two automatic forfeit losses, they're 0-5. That's pretty much the end of their playoff hopes uh, at that point. So that's a pretty tough pill to swallow for those seniors, I'm sure. But at the end of the day, they will get to play four more games. Uh, and that's that's important because they're they're here to play games, right? All right, Colin Lacus, I wanted to give a shout-out to the, uh, the teams that did have games. The mm-hmm. Muhammad Seymour Bulldogs, which you covered last Friday. Yes. I saw those photos. Man, what a turnout. It was Dogapalooza, of course. Right. But uh, tonight in Muhammad, or as we speak, they're having their homecoming parade. Downtown streets are filled. Robin Schulz, our photo editor, is going to take pictures. You'll pick up A1 tomorrow. You'll see that. But uh, very impressed with the turnout last weekend. Yeah, it was uh, it was packed. Looked like a, a football game from pre-pandemic times. People are obviously excited to get out to Muhammad and uh, for the home opener, of course, to, to see this team that has been so exciting. They were off to a 2-0 start. Made it even better. Went to 3-0, and beat Mount Zion in that home opener. Team that was uh, state-ranked, still is state-ranked in Class 4A, actually. Uh, so really good win for the Bulldogs. Uh, there's a lot of positive momentum being built up in that program. John Adkins, in his third season as coach, has just seen increased increased participation increased play increased results everything is trending in the right direction uh he mentioned on sports talk a little bit ago with uh scott and evan that all three of their teams varsity junior varsity and freshmen are three and zero at this point so obviously things aren't just going well for the old kids they're going well for all levels of kids and that's a that's a good sign for one of the area's bigger programs especially as they had a few uh, lean years where they didn't have the lengthy postseason runs they're used to. All right, if you want a sneak peek in uh, John Adkins' era, uh, we did a, he allowed us in to do an intense video story <laughs> in year one at yeah. Muhammad Seymour. The team wasn't that good, but he was still kind enough to open the doors, the mm-hmm. locker room doors. Our Anthony Zillis followed him around for a night. Go to newsgazette.com, search for that. You won't be disappointed. I agree. And you will also hear more about Muhammad later in the show because, surprise, surprise, they're part of our top ten rankings, which we're going to start unveiling here momentarily. Uh, any guesses to where the Bulldogs are, Jim? I know I know you're holding a piece of paper that actually says where they are, but pretend you didn't see it well, and guess where they are. I don't want to say I was right, but in week one of the Serve Pro radio show, yeah. I questioned your top ten. Right, and I remember I said, that. why is Muhammad not higher than they are? You know, it was. I, I, I will admit I missed having you on the show last week, except for the part where you questioned my top ten. <laughs> that, that was that was actually okay to, to not have that on the show last week, but I guess that, that's just part of our charm here. Let me guess it? number one. They're at number one. They're at number one? All right. That's well, my guess. We'll, we'll certainly see if, you're, if your guess is right, even though you're holding a piece of paper that says exactly where they are. Uh, yeah, we got we got so much coming up on this show, but obviously the top ten, a big part of it. So let's go ahead and start winding down some of these teams here, listing them off, seeing where they where they appear. 
Uh, you can pick up Sunday's News Gazette each week. That's where we unveil the top ten with our uh, high school football page, as long as Illinois football doesn't cause, you know, too much take up too much coverage, take up too much space, which happens sometimes, but it won't happen this week because Illinois football plays on Friday. Mm. So not going to affect Sunday's paper. Maybe we'll maybe we'll put the top ten on the cover. Who knows? Can I can I add that as a fan, I kind of like uh, Illinois playing on a Friday night to attend sure. and to have fun. But man, as a high school fan, I, yeah. don't, I don't like that one bit. Yeah, it's tough. Right. That's that's tough for for recruiting purposes as well. Definitely difficult. Uh, maybe Clayton Leonard from Iroquois West will appear. He, he has a game on Saturday, so maybe he'll go to the Illinois game on Friday. One more thing about Clayton Leonard. Yeah. Right? He's a man-child. First yes. of all, he came here for our Faces of the Fall photo shoot, so he mm-hmm. walked in. He was twice my size, yes. and he was very uh, respectful, yes, he uh, was. very well-behaved, and he looked like he would break me in half, which is a good sign for a football recruit. For a lineman, yeah, especially, yes. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let's jump into our top 10 now. Uh, our number 10 team is the Tuscola Warriors. The Warriors are down two spots this week, clinging on to a top 10 spot. They're a little better than their 1-2 and two record indicates. Suffered a loss to Park Heritage, Indiana, last week. Uh, allowed a touchdown in the last minute of regulation. It's actually the second consecutive week that's happened to Tuscola. They did the same thing against a state-ranked Cumberland team the week before. So Tuscola is right there, obviously. Uh, just two super close losses that, you know, if they get the touchdown in the last minute, we're talking about a 3-0 and team instead of a 1-2 and team. So they were right there. Uh, we'll see if they have a chance to bounce back coming up this uh, this coming week. Our number nine team is the Iroquois West Raiders, who we just mentioned. The Raiders are in these rankings for the first time this season and probably the first time in, in a long time in the top ten rankings because, uh, you know, it's their their first 3-0 and start in several years, their first season in which they've won three games for the first time uh, since 2007. So, uh, yeah, it's been a long time coming for Iroquois West to get to this point. Uh, they have a big game coming up on Saturday afternoon. They're going to travel to Catlin to take on Salt Fork, plan to cover that game. Uh, we'll hear more about Salt Fork a little later on the show because they're part of this top ten as well. I got the Storm win in that game, by the way. All right. All I right. think it's going to be a close one. Thank I think you. it's going to be high scoring. Uh, both teams are averaging a ton of points. Salt Fork's averaging about 54 points a game, and Iroquois West is averaging close to 40. Rumor so, has it you are picking the Raiders in tomorrow's print edition. I guess you'll have to pick up the print edition to, to confirm mm-hmm. or deny that rumor. It's true. <laughs> Our number eight team, we're going to be hearing from its head coach here shortly, is the Westville Tigers. Westville is 3-0 and after pummeling Oblong 50-8 to in what was essentially a replacement makeup game. Westville was supposed to face Dwight. Dwight had to pull out of the game, so Oblong stepped in and took took the beating. So uh, I guess Dwight should thank Oblong because I feel like Westville would have won that game pretty handily as well. Uh, but the Tigers coming up uh, coming up this week, they will be taking on Clifton Central. That should be a really big matchup for them. Cl- Clifton Central has been a really strong team in the Sangamon Valley Conference slash BVC over the last several years. All right, we're going to hear from uh, uh, Guy Goodlove, the dean of area coaches, uh, after this first break. Hey, thanks again to uh, Dave and Susie McGuire mm-hmm. of ServPro making this show happen. Thanks again for listening. The powerful lineup every Wednesday. Uh, of course, we're followed by Brett Bielema's show over at Papa Dell's and Champagne. Also a good listen to after this. But tell you what, we're going to take our first break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Radio Show. I am Colin Likas, and it is 614 here in Champaign. We are going to chug along here with our first interview segment of the show. I just mentioned that Westville is number 8 in our high school football top 10 at 3-0, and and I'm glad to be joined now by Tigers coach Guy Goodlove. Guy, thanks so much for being part of our show tonight. 
Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. I did not know realize we were number eight. You guys are number eight. Yes, you are number eight in the oh, countdown, wow. having a having a chance to to move up even further, especially with a win over Clifton Central in week four. Let's just let's talk about that matchup right now because I know that's a big one for you guys. Clifton Central has been a really solid team for several years now. I, I, I believe there's they are receiving votes in the class two A AP poll. Um Talk about the prep going into this matchup. How are you feeling about the matchup, having another road game uh, and taking on the Comets in Week 4? Yeah, uh, you know, it's not very often you beat Clifton, especially at Clifton. Uh, I think in my 26 years we beat them one time, and that was back in 2006 when we finished second in the state. And it was a first-round game, and we were lucky to do that. But, uh, you know, they spread the field. they got a good quarterback, quarterback throws an excellent ball. They, they've got – four receivers good quality receivers and uh that can all catch and they've got a uh good tailback very quick very fleet of foot uh so you know they spread you out make you cover a lot of space and we're going to have to do a good job of uh closing in on them and then not letting them throw over the top of us so uh it's going to be a challenge you know it's always hard to be on the bus for two hours and then get off the bus and and start the game well but that will be a big deal for us because if clifton jumps out on you uh it's hard to get back into the game certainly and you mentioned that long bus ride obviously just a product of of the conference especially now that the vvc has kind of expanded to include those current slash older svc teams but you guys are, are road warriors at this point and i know you and i have talked about it before um, and i've mentioned it a few times on this show but you guys currently are uh, having the probably longest road trip in in known history where you haven't played a true home game since 2019 uh field renovations trying to get the field ready and things like that you guys are now going to have your home opener on october 1st against oakwood it was supposed to be last week but that game got kiboshed um just at this point, what has it been like just being on this never-ending road trip where you're not having a true home game in in closing in on two years at this point? Well, you know, I, I feel like uh, Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz were just trying to get home, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what a home to come home to. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you haven't seen the facility, you need to check out the Westville School District Facebook page. It's just uh, it's, it's college it's it's college level stuff so you know we're going to be excited to be back at home october 1st but you bring up an interesting point we haven't we haven't been home but yet we really haven't been on a football field to practice on we haven't kicked a field goal and i don't know how long during practice because we have no field goal posts so <laughs> we've had to make do wherever we've been put you know sometimes it's at the uh, zamberletti park Sometimes it's uh, behind the junior high out in right field of the junior high baseball facility. And other times it's on the out in right field on the high school baseball field. So, you know, wherever we get placed, we make do. We make no excuses. We're going to show up on a Friday night and we're going to play football. We're going to do the very best we can. But, yeah, it's been tough. But, uh, you know, when they took last football season away and we couldn't play, just made you appreciate no matter where you're at, just the opportunity to play and that's all we can ask for i mean you talk about the guys not making any excuses i mean at this point it's it's more than that they're three and oh and you guys have won three games convincingly at this point uh, i know you with as long as you've been at westville you've seen some hot starts and you've seen some cold starts were you expecting this team to be on the the hotter side of the start and maybe get off to a three and oh well i most of these kids started for me 
uh, way back when, when they were freshmen. Mm -hmm. So they've taken their lumps for three years. So I wouldn't expect anything less out of them. Um, you know, they've played their positions now for, for three years ex experience and that pays off. So things that we had to think about are now in instinct. And, uh, uh, we just, without thinking, we just react and we get things done. And, and certainly those years of experience and those years of losing, you know, are certainly paying off for us this year. And we're excited where we're at. I mean, when we step on the field, we expect to be in every ball game. And, uh, you know, if we, if we take care of business, we'll, we'll give ourselves a shot to win. But, you know, when you, when you line up and you got 14 seniors and they've all played, uh, it shows, you know, and it's been shown for us on, on, on during the weekend, on Friday or Saturday afternoon. Talking with Westville football coach Guy Goodlove, and uh, you know you mentioned your players. Talking about some of them specifically, uh, I know there's a lot of guys on the offensive side of the ball we can talk about, and we'll get to them. But two guys who are just—they're not going to really show up on the offensive statistics at the end of the day, but they've been crucial to what this defense has been doing, especially. And I know they can play both ways as well. But Riley Edwards, Eastern—or I'm sorry, Bryce Burnett, Eastern Illinois commit, and then Riley Edwards. Uh, those two guys on the defensive side of the ball I just feel like that they have led that charge and been a huge reason why you guys have only allowed 20 points through three games would, would you agree oh absolutely and you know you know they're going to be there during the game and you know uh, you can always count on them during in season but their off season work ethic is what's outstanding I mean they don't miss weight room they're there every day anything that you have they're there they're leading the way you know both of them are the first to get there the last to leave they're just great teammates and great kids to coach and they're both extremely smart you know things that we did three years ago heck they can remember so um, you know we really blessed to have them on both sides of the ball you know Riley's not only is he our middle linebacker, he's our offensive guard. Not only is Bryce our defensive tackle, but he's our offensive guard. So, you know, I've always said that the offensive line is the heartbeat of the team. And when you've got two guards like those, boy, that heart can really beat properly. And uh, right now that's what's been going on for us. You know, their leadership, their drive, their work ethic, their coachability, um, you know, if somebody steps out of line, they're right there calling them out. So uh, it's just a great atmosphere right now uh, to be in. And then on the offensive side of the ball, it just seems like you just have a whole host of guys who you can trust in the backfield at this point. Uh, Will Terry was the big guy last week with 127 yards and two touchdowns, although Levi Pratt with 103 and three touchdowns, you could argue he was the big guy. Uh, both right there, though. Andre Johnson has been big. Houston Bryan had a good day last week. Craig Johnson had a good day last week. Uh, kind of similar to the question I asked if, I, if you expected to be 3-0. and Did you expect to have this many guys who are capable of running the ball effectively? Well, we knew we had a lot of talent coming back. The problem was going to be how do we fit them all into what we're trying to do. And, uh, you know, with our offensive line and with with those, uh, with those the skill level of those running backs, it was just finding places to get them on the field and utilizing, utilizing them to their best of their abilities. And, and, and we've done that. We've been pretty fortunate, you know, you know. You go in one week and Houston Bryant may have a big game and the next week it may be 
it may be Levi Pratt. You know, uh, they feed off one another. They, 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 you know, they even do the little things for one another. Like if somebody else is carrying the ball, the other two block for him. Um, it's just been a good situation, and there's no jealousy, no jealousy whatsoever. It's, uh, you know, hey, you score a touchdown, we're all in the end zone, we're going to help you celebrate. You know, it's, it's that type of atmosphere. And they're both capable of having – they're all capable of having big games. So um, – and Andre Johnson did not play last week. He had uh, – he was out with a uh, mild injury. Um, but he'll be back this week, so we're excited to have him back too. Guy, good love, Westville football coach. Guy, thanks again for being part of the show. Good luck over at Clifton. And, yeah, looking forward to, to seeing that field in person because I've seen the overhead view. Bryce shared it on Twitter. It does look absolutely fantastic over there. Yeah, it's just amazing, and, and they've had the big video scoreboard on, the uh, Videotron, whatever, and it's just so impressive, and our kids are so fired up. The, the entire community is excited, and, uh, boy, we're looking forward to October 1st. Got to take care of business this week mm-hmm. and next week, but uh, October 1st is almost within reach, and we're excited <laughs> about playing at home. Absolutely. Guy, thanks again. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you for having me. Well, we're going to take our next break on the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Radio Show. When we come back, going to unveil teams 7 through 5 in our top 10, and also hear from Fisher football coach Jake Palmer. So stay tuned for all that. Jim Rosso, Dave Leak, Colin Likas, who's going to be at Monticello Friday night. Yell at him if you see him. Might buy you a hot dog, might buy you a Coke. Follow him on Twitter. That's what you got to do. Colin Likas is really good, drops a lot of names. Hopefully you follow us on Snapchat as well. We're at Georgetown Ridge Farm t- t- today for homecoming. They had yeah. a parade tonight like Muhammad did. How about that? Where I would have really been grateful for somebody to buy me a Coke or a Gatorade or wherever it was. And I don't expect anybody to do this. Let's just make that clear mm-hmm. right off the bat. I'd probably say no if you did, honestly, because it sure. feels wrong. But at Gibson City during week one, mm-hmm. when I went there on Saturday to, to cover the game against Carlinville, I, I actually had to go to the concession stand and buy multiple Gatorades at halftime because it felt like it was about 100 degrees on the field, and it was just so hot. I can't imagine how the players got through it. Hey, real quick, Bryce Burnett, the Westville star you talked about, he's mm-hmm. also a member of our high school confidential reporting staff, and he debuts this week. Excellent. Student athlete is what Bryce Burnett, EIU yeah. recruit, is. Yeah, he's a he's a, a, an intelligent kid, a yep. smart kid on and off the field, and very nice kid as well. And uh, cool to see him get his uh, get his uh, college commitment in order really and uh, going to Eastern Illinois. But, All right, back to your top ten. Yeah, let's break into number seven, uh, the Centennial Chargers, next up on our countdown. Centennial is down one spot this week after losing to Normal West in a, a game that I think was a little closer than the 21 to nothing score indicated. They were uh, within a touchdown for a large portion of that game, and then the Wildcats pulled away down the stretch. I think it's worth noting, though, Centennial of a couple of years ago even would have probably lost that game by, by twice as much, so I think the Chargers are making some pretty significant strides. Uh, Centennial, though, is going to try to bounce back this week, and this is what happens when you don't have your schedules pulled up in the right way. You don't know exactly who's up. That's right. It's Kankakee. That's going to be a really tough matchup for Centennial. Kankakee is ranked uh, second in Class Mm. 6A right now, so the Ks are for real. Centennial's going to be traveling there on Friday night. Our number six team is the Salt Fork Storm. The Storm are up one spot this week, 3-0, and put up nearly 50 points on Seneca last week, just continuing to pile up the points, averaging north of 50, as I said earlier on the show. Salt Fork going to be taking on Iroquois West in Week 4 in what should be a good game. 
And our number five team this week is the Paxton Buckley Load of Panthers. Panthers are down one spot after a heartbreaking loss to Bloomington Central Catholic in week three. PBL led literally the whole game, and Central Catholic had two plays, 75 yards in the last minute, scored a touchdown, game over. Just a crazy way to lose a game, but Paxton going to try to bounce back against Pontiac in week four. I feel pretty confident that they will be back on the winning track. Let's go ahead and dive into our next segment, our next interview segment of the show. Glad to be joined now by a frequent guest of the show in the past, Fisher coach Jake Palmer. Jake, thanks so much for being part of the show this week. Absolutely, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Of course, and uh, it's good to see the Fisher Bunnies back on the winning track last week in uh, a heck of a shootout. Um, I did a radio spot for Gibson City Radio last Saturday and was talking with Coach Allen about how they had a 7 nothing game. And then you guys are over there scoring a combined 91 points with Field Crest. Uh, is that about how you expected that game to, to play out last week? Yeah, you know, Colin, it was probably about the opposite. I thought we were going <laughs> to have to score about 21 to win. I thought our defense was going to be – I thought we had a really good plan going in, and uh, it just kind of ended up going that way. I don't even think I realized really how high scoring it was. And, until I opened up the News Gazette uh, on Saturday morning, and it said something about 14 total touchdowns. <laughs> and you don't really think about that while you're in the middle of it. But, man, it, it ended up being that way. I was super proud of our guys. We had um, 17 guys dressed playing at the end of a varsity football game, and that was freshmen through senior. So super proud of my guys for battling. And when you have a high-scoring game like that, it usually means more plays um, and, you know, more tired guys because you're running on those long plays and long touchdowns, and uh, our guys really competed, so I was really proud of them. Yeah, that's that's incredible. I didn't realize that uh, the, the numbers had dropped a bit uh, to the point where you're, you're dressing 17. I mean, you can then tell as, as well as anybody just uh, how numbers have been impacted by so many different factors over these last two seasons. I mean, what 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 is it like as a coach to try and just get as much out of these kids as you can when you know there's just not that many backups on the table for them. Yeah, you know, it's it's just something that you have to be real with your kids about. And it is challenging, you know, because you, you're trying to really try to get them to understand the big picture of things because high school kids understand it, it's really uh, immediate when it's like, hey, if you don't do this technique right, you're not playing because I'll have uh, Joe's going to do it right, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we don't necessarily have that. You know, we have we have our varsity starters, and then we have, you know, um, freshmen or, or, you know, really, really young guys behind them who aren't necessarily ready to play varsity football. So it's just being really honest with your guys and just trying to say, hey, listen, here's why we need to do it right. Um, here's why it's important. And then trying to get them to understand, even though the, the uh, I guess, feelings may not be immediate as, hey, if you're not doing it, this guy will do it. Uh, you know, you have to try to get them to see that big picture and kind of the long-range, longer-range thinking on that. And just as far as getting this first win as well, I mean, the first two weeks, it's not like you guys had the doors blown off. Villa Grove 26-14, GCMS 26-13. Those are competitive games. Just to get this win, though, uh, especially considering, like you said, a lot of young guys on this roster, maybe some guys who haven't even won a varsity game before, uh, how important was that for those guys? Yeah, it was really important just to get in that win column. You know, we felt like we'd done some, some decent things the first two weeks, but we really hadn't played as well as we thought we could. You know, we really hadn't played at what we would say up to our potential, what we expect from, you know, the Bunnies uh, night in and night out on Friday nights. So uh, it was great to, to get out there and get a win. And, you know, it, was, it wasn't it was a pretty win by any means. I mean, there was a lot of things, a lot of mistakes that we made. But if I've learned anything in my time here at Fisher, it's, it's, it's that it's hard to win varsity football games. And so just really appreciating the moment, 
um, appreciating with the kids and making sure, hey, guys, listen, even if it's ugly, when you win, you got to be excited about winning because doing that thing on a Friday is really hard. Talking with Fisher football coach Jake White and just trying to dive into some individual kids here. I know one name we've seen a lot on the box scores you sent in so far has been Blake Turvin on, on both sides of the ball, really. Uh, but especially uh, running the ball uh, last week, I feel like uh, the, 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 this offense would be in a totally different place if you if you do not have him in the lineup. Would you Would you agree? Yeah, 100%. And Blake's a kid last year who we actually moved to quarterback to be our backup quarterback and um, was probably what would have been one of our – not probably, he would have been one of our best receivers last year um, and, and could have played there on varsity, but we really had him focusing on quarterback for this moment and for this year. And even though he could have helped us at the varsity level last year, we wanted to kind of prep him because we knew that he was going to be the guy this year. And, you know, you know by uh, coming to our games, Colin, and a lot of people know, you know, we're an option offense. We put a lot on our quarterbacks to kind of call things at the line of scrimmage and make quick decisions. Um, get make sure that everybody's lined up in the right spot. So, and he's just a kid who's a phenomenal leader, super smart kid. Um, you know, rarely makes mistakes, and and he's really. I thought last week he he read you know the option as well as he has, and that was a real game changer for us. We made a little bit of a switch in the backfield at fullback, so we had a new fullback back there, and then um, it really clicked for him this past week, and he had some really good pulls on on our option plays and was able to, to gain some yards. And that really keeps the defense honest for teams that are playing us. And I, I don't want to overlook, I mentioned Blake running the ball effectively, but obviously passing the ball effectively as well. And it seems just based off the field crest game, uh, Jeremiah Todd was was his uh, primary target, especially getting toward the end zone. Jeremiah's only a freshman, right? Yeah, actually that was his first game uh, playing halfback. The only reason that we had him play halfback is we normally have five halfbacks on our roster. And last week they were, um, of the five kids, four of them were out with uh, COVID-related illnesses, uh, things like that. So we actually had um, we actually had to move him from our backup quarterback role to uh, one of our halfback positions. And then we actually had another freshman playing the other halfback in Jacob Howell. So we had two, two young guys out there. And then at one, one point during the game, late in the game, we had uh, two freshmen on the offensive line. So uh, really oh. proud of those guys. We've We've talked a lot about, you know, next man up and really having to just step up because you don't know when your name's going to be called. And, uh, no, Jeremiah did a great job, obviously. He's a pretty explosive kid, uh, caught three touchdowns and ran for another. So when the ball's in his hands, he's able to make some things happen, and you got to see that on Friday for sure. And uh, I know it feels weird to, to highlight the defense after giving up 40 points, but obviously the defense did enough to, to get enough stops to help out in the win there. And I think one guy whose name – kind of shows up there is Tim Booth. He's one of your, your few seniors you got playing at linebacker, and I'm guessing he helps in the run game as well through his position on O-line. I imagine his leadership has been pretty instrumental with so many young guys out there. Yeah, it's been critical. He was our man in the middle. You know, he actually led our conference in tackles last year, um, when, and we only played the four games, but I think he had over 50 tackles in those four games, and he just um, he, he's got a nose for the ball. He plays super fast. He's a kid who started there since he's a sophomore. And it just worked and worked and worked and got better and better. And uh, he just does a great job. And he's one of our uh, our few uh, big guys. And uh, so to have him in the middle kind of anchoring everything down lets you breathe a little easier as far as in the run game goes. So we our struggles were, were not in the middle of the field. They were more on the perimeter just due to having some inexperience and giving up some big plays. But, but Tim definitely anchors us there and I think gives our defense a lot of confidence. You know, we got some guys – in the middle, um, you know, a junior who's really stepped up, Josiah Sapp. He's done an excellent job on the D-line in some absences with some guys being banged up and hurt, and he's really been a leader kind of hunkering things down there. So, 
yeah, I've been uh, pleased with our defense, even though the, the numbers didn't necessarily show it last week. Fisher football coach Jake Palmer, the Bunnings are going to be in Colfax this week against Ridgeview Lexington, 7 p.m. on Friday for a Heart of Illinois Conference small division game. Jake, thanks again, and good luck to the boys uh, the rest of the way. Awesome. Thanks so much, Colin. Thanks for having me. Take care, fellas. Thanks, you too. A big stretch for Fisher Bunnings next week is their homecoming week. And uh, they'll uh, induct a couple new folks into their Hall yeah. of Fame. I know you're going to write about them later uh, this week or maybe the right. next week. That's right. I'm planning on writing about them in my Catching Up with Colin, which is usually in our Sunday Extra. I don't know what day of the week that comes out in Fisher. Do you, do you know? Uh, well, that part would uh, be in your Saturday okay. paper. Perfect. Yeah. Jim knows. Okay. We're going to take our next break, or actually our last break. We are going to be firing on all cylinders for the final 20 minutes of the show. We're going to be joined soon by Champaign Central coach Tim Turner. Then we're also going to hear from Monticello football players Joey Sprinkle and Tristan Foran. Stay tuned for our final 20 minutes. It is 6.42. Welcome back to the Surf Pro Prep Football Confidential Radio Show. I'm Colin Likas. That was our final break, so you're going to be riding along with us until... The show is over until Brett Bielema comes on to talk about Illinois football. Hopefully the Illini can move to 2-2 two and two this week against Maryland. There are plenty of teams, though, in our top 10 that are hoping to move to 4-0, and oh, which obviously is a little better than 2-2. Two and two, But I digress. Speaking of the top 10, let's go ahead and finish it out. Round out our final four teams. They've been near or at the top of the rankings all season long. And... Really, not a lot of change. There is one small change. Our number four team this week, the Bismarck-Henning-Rossville-Alvin Blue Devils, is up one spot, taking Paxton's spot at number four. Bismarck is 3-0. and oh. Blue Devils didn't play last week. Their game against Watsika got pulled out from under them at the last minute, and they were unable to find a new opponent. Actually, the second consecutive week that's happened to Bismarck, although they were able to find a new opponent the week prior to that. But Bismarck is hoping that it can play its Week 4, four game. They are hosting moments for some Vermilion Valley Conference crossover action. Our number three team this week is the Muhammad Seymour Bulldogs. Bulldogs are 3-0. and oh. They remain at number three after knocking off Class 4A number 7 Mount Zion. Bulldogs hoping they can be ranked in Class 5A here soon moving forward. A big step toward that would be taking on and defeating Lincoln. That's the homecoming game this week on Friday. Our number two team, glad to be joined in studio now by two of their athletes. We'll be hearing from them shortly, is the Monticello Sages. Monticello is 3-0, and still number two in the rankings after knocking off Stanford Olympia 46-22 to in week three. Going to be a good matchup in week four as Monticello takes on another undefeated team in Bloomington Central Catholic, hosting that game on Friday. And our number one team is still at 3-0, still number one. It's going to be the Unity Rockets. Unity, as I said, 3-0, rolling along just like Illini Prairie Conference rival Monticello is. The Rockets defeated Chillicothe IBC 49-21 to improve and they are taking on Stanford Olympia in Week 4. And so that rounds out our Top 10. And before we jump into our final segment of the show with one of those teams, as I mentioned, we're going to hear from Champaign Central football coach Tim Turner, whose team was supposed to host Urbana this week in a home opener at Tommy Stewart Field. 
but that game will not be happening. Wanted to hear from Coach Turner on that topic and more. Tim, thanks so much for being part of the show tonight. Thanks for having me, Colin. Of course. And uh, I know you and I have talked about this already, but obviously that the folks listening on the radio, maybe some of them don't know the whole story as far as Urbana winding up canceling its season after week one. Kind of leaves you guys without a game in week four and unable to find an opponent. How have you and the athletes responded to this? How are you handling it this week without preparing for an actual game? Well, you know, it, it, it's not much different than what we normally do. Um, again, uh, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. We, we kind of had a heads up. Um, Urbana, you know, bowed out at the beginning of the season, and we've been, you know, actively looking for an opponent but not able to find anyone. So, you know, we, we kind of anticipated, um, you know, maybe this, this occurring. And so we're just focusing on ourselves this week. Um, you know, we, we, we've got we've got a lot of uh, young guys, and so we, we we've got a lot of football to get better at. So, you know, th- this week has been really just a, a getting back to the fundamentals and and really focusing on um, what the Maroons do. Yeah, and as far as what the Maroons do, just the difficult start with with two really tough opponents right off the bat to to go down zero and two. What's the vibes like for the kids around the program at this point? Uh, how how are you feeling about the the direction of things? I should say first three weeks difficult opponents. How are you feeling about the direction and, and what these kids have shown you uh, through the first three weeks? Well, you know the thing. It's funny, Colin. I, I've I've told the kids each week um, we've made improvements. And, you know, I know that's hard for folks to see as, you know, we're, we're, we're um, the scoreboard isn't really indicating much, um, but we, we're, we're seeing improvements. And so the, the morale, the kids are in, in good spirits. Um, they understand that we're, we're a young football team and there's, you know, we, we've got work to do. Um, Big 12 is a, is a tough conference. And so, you know, we're, we're understanding where we are and, and, and okay with the improvements that we're making each week. And, and I have no doubt that, you know, we'll continue to do that throughout the course of this season. And, you know, as we continue to improve, you know, perhaps those scores change a little bit and we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I like our chances going forward. Again, it's the Big 12, so every game's a tough one. But, you know, I, I, don't, think, I don't think we're outmatched um, in, in any of them. And one thing I think we, we often have talked about during this COVID era is the loss of football games, just talking about the on-field perspective. But I think another thing that we kind of forget about is everything else that goes into games. And you and I have talked about it before where you have this three-game road trip to start the season where you're going to places, some familiar to the kids, some not. Uh, Edwardsville being more on the not side in week three. And I think that's an element that also gets lost, that when you lose a game, you might lose – those bonding moments, those opportunities to see places you've never seen before. And as a coach and somebody who's been around young people so much, can you take us through kind of the importance of just all of those aspects and and, and, and uh, how difficult it is when those get taken away when games get lost? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's difficult in that um, when when I have freshmen come in at the beginning of their freshman year, I, I, I scream out a number 36. Um, meaning that's the number of football games. If nothing's canceled <laughs> and, you know, playoff games don't occur, that's the number of football games that you have coming to you in your football high school career. Mm-hmm. And so to, to, to take one of those games, even just one of those games out, um, is, is a big deal, and, and it, it's tough to do for the kids. Um, you know, we, we've got seniors. I've got a few seniors um, who, you know, they're not going to play college football, and every opportunity that they get 
or every opportunity that's taken away from them could be the last opportunity that they get. So, you know, dealing with that is a little bit difficult. But, again, the guys are in good spirits, and, and they understand that, you know, we're in a different world now. Um, I, I think, you know, the minute the minute COVID hit, everything changed, and, and it means that for, for all of us, we've got to be willing to um, make adjustments. And, you know, I say to, say to them every day, we've got to be able to pivot because, you know, you may have plans to do one thing, but in a moment's notice, something changes and you've got to do something different. So, you know, I, I just wish that there were more opportunities for, for the guys to be able to play games. You know, um, I, you know, if you're a basketball player, you might get three or four games a week, you know, but uh, us football, you know, you're getting one game a week. And so to be able to take one away, it is kind of difficult. Talking with Champaign Central football coach Tim Turner. Tim, I want to highlight some of your kids as well, despite the difficult start. If things are going to get turned around, let's let's start on the offensive side of the ball. Who are going to who are going to be some of the guys who are going to make sure that that turnaround happens? Well, I, I think it starts with our line. Um, you know, we, we we've got some some older, a couple of one or two older guys there, but for the most part, we're young. Um, so Levante Pelmore <laughs> is a is a starting guard for us, a senior. Um, he, here's a kid that has started um, since his freshman year. So, you know, he, he's a guy that, that we're really looking to do some good things for. And, and you know, if we're, we're to do have any turnaround, he's going to certainly be a big part of that. Um, and then, you know, in the backfield, we've got David Willis, another senior. Um, David's been a little bit, bit, little bit banged up um, these last couple of weeks, so he hadn't been able to, you know, really get the start that he'd hoped for. But, but I think, you know, as he heals and as he gets back into the flow of things, um, he's going to be really a, a big piece to it. And then our quarterback, um, you know, quarterback is a, is a second-year guy, second-year second, second year starter. Um, well, and I say second year. He started in the spring but hadn't played that previous year. So here's a kid with now just nine football games under his belt, um, and he's improving every day. Um, Cody Brown's a kid that works his tail off and, and, and comes to learn um, and, and, and really gives his biggest effort at practice and so anytime you get a kid like that you got a chance to um, turn things around and you know again we we, we say that word turn things around we've had a tough schedule Um, we've had a tough schedule and you know even if we weren't a young football team that doesn't guarantee that we would have beaten Danville or beaten Normal West or beaten Edwardsville so being in the Big 12 we've got to just be ready each week to come out and, and, and throw punches, per se, because that's what's happening, you know. Um, so so I, I think we've got a good group of kids that will allow us to, you know, as we, as we start to catch our breath a little bit, will allow us to um, do some things offensively. Um, and then when we flip to the defensive side of the ball, um, I've, I've got a couple of kids back there in, in my secondary that I'm really excited about, um, and in T.J. Starks and, and Matt McMullen. Um, these, these kids are uh, sophomores who have really shown up this offseason and throughout the beginning of this season. So I'm, I'm excited to see um, how they grow and, and what happens you know, as they mature into um, young men. You hit exactly where I was going to go next, Tim, on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you beat me to it. But I uh, appreciate you, Tim, being part of the show tonight and uh, talking about the kids and everything. And uh, good luck moving forward. Hopefully this week is uh, what gets you guys uh, ready to go ahead of the, the normal community game. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, Colin, and go Maroons. Always good to hear from Coach Turner. And, uh, yeah, they, they definitely have had a, d- a tough start to their schedule. Three games on the road to start, but then Danville, Normal West, and Edwardsville, there are 
no gimmies there. Far from it. Normal community in week five is a tough one as well. I think the second half of the schedule does afford some more opportunities for Champaign Central to turn some things around, pick up some wins before this season is out. But maybe they can surprise us and win that game against normal community in week five. That would be a big one for Champaign Central. Well, it's time to head on to our last segment of the show. I'm glad to be joined now in studio live by two Monticello football players, Joey Sprinkle and Tristan Foran. Guys, thanks for cutting out of practice early and uh, joining me. I know Coach Welter said he kind of had to cut you guys out a little early, so I appreciate you coming down. Joey, I'm going to ask you first, um, where'd you get the Toon Squad uh, uh, t-shirt? Because I, I really like that thing. <laughs> oh, I, I've had it forever, ever <laughs> since the first Space Jam. When I, I love that movie. It's one, one, one of my favorite movies, and I've had it forever, yeah. So have you seen the second one, then? First one's definitely way better. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't really like the second one that much, but... Yeah. Hopefully you uh, hopefully you spark some debate uh, locally with that one. But yeah. Joey, I'll ask you about actual football as well. Three and zero start. I know the the expectations were high at Monticello, but is this about where you expected the guys to be? Expected the team to be three and zero and playing the way you guys are so far. Coming off that six and zero season last year without playoffs and everything, uh, we had really high expectations for this year, and we just came out and starting three and zero. That's a really good start. And we still got a lot of stuff to work on, though. We can we can improve on just about everything. But it was a really great start, big confidence boost, and hope to keep building off of that. Now, Tristan, uh, one other thing I wanted to bring up was recently you guys had a game where you went out, decked out on the field in, in camouflage uniforms. You guys were uh, remembering, honoring, you know, military in general, but also those 13 service people who, who died over uh, overseas recently. Uh, what did that mean to you guys to, to represent uh, the, the military in that way, to wear those uniforms with pride and, uh, and to do something a little different? Yeah, it meant a lot to us because everyone on that team was supporting that for a different reason. Uh, some people have first responder parents, family members. Some people have family members in the military. <laughs> and the rest of us who don't, we're just thankful for the service that those people provided for us. And so we just went out there and played our hardest for them. And uh, Tristan, what has the crowd been like in Monticello now? I know we, we talked during the preseason about getting crowds back especially after what happened with COVID last year and limiting crowds. What has the reaction been like in Monticello just to you guys playing so well and just being able to get back on the field and actually watch you guys play again? It's been awesome to have a full crowd again because junior year we didn't uh, we didn't have that full crowd. We were limited because of COVID. And now that we're back with the full crowds and with the way that our town rallies around this football team, it's awesome. It's loud. Like it. <laughs> I'll bet it is. I'll bet it is. I bet opponents hate playing there as well. Talking with Joey Sprinkle and Tristan Foran of the Monticello football team. Joey, you're the second-year starting quarterback, which, uh, interestingly, there's quite a few of those in the Illini Prairie this year. But uh, your guys' offense has been clicking on all cylinders. Even so, you said there's room for improvement. Where is there room for improvement on this offensive side of the ball, considering how well things have gone? Yeah, well, we have a bunch of different formations, everything. We need to first learn how to – we got a bunch, and – we have a lot of mistakes coming off of that where people don't know where to set up and everything. And sure. then building off of that, people aren't getting set up. We're running out of time. We got motions and everything. And our offense is just really complex, so it's hard to get right into it. We got some new players coming in on varsity, and they they struggle a little bit, but they're picking it up. And if we can just get everybody to know where they need to be and when they need to go, we'll be unstoppable. Well, let me ask you then, Joey, what has worked on the offensive side of the ball that's allowed you guys to do so well despite the fact that there are still room for improvement? Well, I mean, our O-line, they 
even if they do mess up, they still give their heart the mm-hmm. whole play. And they mess up. We might Jacob Taggett, one of the best running backs in our conference right now. He he can make a little play turn into a big play just by missing one tackle. And those O line for the line or for the blocking schemes, if they mess up one thing, they don't just stop the play. They keep going. They go on to the secondary and they they just keep those blocks going. So I just feel like we give all effort every play, even if we mess up. And Tristan, you obviously with Joey for performing a pretty good, forming a pretty good re, uh, pass-receive combination. Uh, from your perspective, how has that combo worked so well to the point where you're consistently catching the ball and consistently finding the end zone? I think it's worked really well. We just trust each other. I trust that if I get open, he's going to put the ball there, and he trusts that if he's got time, he's going to find me open and I'm going to be open. And it also helps a lot with the linemen creating the holes and getting Tackett going. Team's key on Tackett, then I'm there open. Or if a team keys on me, then Tackett, he goes off. And it's just really hard for uh, teams to counter both our run and pass game. And we even have receivers such as Peyton Scott, Spencer Mitz, and Wade Carroll who haven't even been able to show their full potential yet just because Tackett's been going. But we have a lot of weapons, and we know that, and we trust that everyone can do their part. And guys, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but um, game you're looking forward to most for the rest of the regular season. Is there one on the on the docket, or are you guys just going to take it one game at a time at this point? At this point, one game at a time. We got BCC coming up this mm-hmm. week. They're also three and zero like us, and it's going to be one of the, it's going to be the toughest game we've had this year. They got a really good offense, a big O line running back that's been on varsity since he was a freshman, so he really knows his stuff. But that that's where we're at right now. Tristan, anything to add to that thought at all? Yeah, just one week at a time. We know this is a tough week, our toughest yet, as Joey said, and we need to win this one before we look forward to the other ones. Guys, being very diplomatic, I like that. It's a good idea not to give any bulletin board material. But Joey Sprinkle and Tristan Foran, two members of the Monticello football team, guys, thank you again for making the trip over here, and uh, good luck against BCC on Friday. Thank you. Thank you. And that'll about wrap it up for our Prep Football Confidential Radio Show. The Brett Bielema Show is going to be coming up here shortly, so stay tuned for that. I'm Colin Likas, Jim Rosso, Dave Leak. Thank you all for joining us. We'll be back here 6 o'clock next week, WDWS and WHMS, so be sure to tune in.